Hi, my name is Kieran Bishop. I'm 16 years old, and I became interested in finance freshman year of high school. As I became part of financial clubs, I realized that a great deal of the time, I was one of the only girls in the room. This feeling of being disconnected to everyone around me while simultaneously being in a room full of people is what inspired me to create this podcast, Women Who Earn. I created this podcast to help young girls like me gain knowledge and wisdom from industry professionals on topics ranging from how to break into finance to how to deal with unique challenges posed from being a woman in the industry. It is important for me, and I hope that it is important for all of you, that feeling alienated by a situation out of your control does not inhibit your motivation to pursue whatever you want. This is Women Who Earn. Hi, today I will be speaking with Jenny Tian. She is a founding partner of Springs Capital in Hong Kong, a leading Asia-based alternative investment manager, where she serves as managing partner and CEO and oversees international investment and business. She was previously director and head of research at UBS Securities, where she was responsible for building up the China research team and leading research in equity, fixed income, and funds. Jenny joined UBS Securities from Harvest Fund, where she was a portfolio manager responsible for not only running the large cap core fund and capital guaranteed fund, but also acting as deputy director of research. Prior to Harvest, Jenny worked at Citigroup Asset Management and with principal global investors in equity research and portfolio management roles in New York. Hi, Ms. Tian. Thank you so much for joining me today. My first question is about your overall journey into finance. So how did you get to where you are today? I started my career in banking with Nomura after law school in Japan. I worked there for two years before I realized it was just simply uh, impossible for me to make a career out of that as a foreign woman in a quintessential Japanese company. So I decided to make the move to the U.S., got accepted into Baruch College with full scholarship and received an MBA in finance and investment in 1997. So in the summer of 1996, I interned at Lehman Brothers where towards the end of the summer internship, I talked to, I remember it was a dozens of people for career advice. And every single one of them said, Jenny, you should go to the buy side. And I did. After working in New York for five years as an analyst, equity analyst and fund manager, I moved to Asia in 2002, exactly uh, 20 years ago. I spent my first eight and a half years in Beijing and followed by the next 11 years in Hong Kong. So right now I'm living in Hong Kong. Thank you. That's really inspiring. I really love how you decided to change career paths because you went through this realization that Japan just wasn't right for you and you had the motivation to apply and get accepted and get an MBA. Mm -hmm. So what moments are you most proud of in your journey? I, I think there were a couple uh, moments that I was most proud of. I think one of them was the time when Springs Capital, the company that I co-founded, successfully won the first A-share investment mandate from a Canadian Pension Plan Investment Board back in 20, 
13 out of more than 80 contenders. And we were still a very small firm back then and competing up against the likes of the bulge bracket asset management firms from both Hong Kong and China. Yeah, it was a moment I'm still very proud of until today. Another moment that I felt proud of was the time I was awarded as the best female hedge fund manager in 2015 in recognition of my contribution to the Asian hedge fund industry. It seemed like really big accomplishments. Thank you so much. And I understand that you currently work in Asia. So how has working in finance there compared to the working in finance in the U.S. and in Japan? besides for those, you know, cultural differences? I think in terms of business practices, these three uh, different places have different business practices, like, you know, different security laws, for sure, different business environments, and the way uh, people interact also is a little bit different. But I think there are some things that are in common, you know, working in these three countries. I think the... The principle of uh, managing a business and running a fund is actually pretty much the same. Say, like, you know, alignment of interest between the managers with clients, for example, is all the same. So this is something that we should, you know, always uh, stick to, you know, when it comes to alignment of interest between the managers and the clients. Also, the fact that, you know, people should be focused persistent, you know, all these uh, qualities just, you know, run uh, the same, you know, with any culture in any country. Thank you. And keeping in spirit, are there any differences between working and operating in Hong Kong compared to mainland China, like Beijing? Oh, I, I think Hong Kong, you know, is Probably, you know, the most, you know, Western city, uh, apparently, you know, in greater China. Hong Kong is very Westernized, although, you know, we are Chinese, but being a British colony for the past 156 years, definitely, you know, left a mark on the psyche of the uh, Hong Kong people here. So I think the working environment is very Westernized, uh, but culturally, you know, we are all Chinese. I think the legal environment is also, you know, very different in Hong Kong, you know, compared to what we have in Beijing. Thank you. And I understand that since now you work in Asia, this question doesn't really apply. But while you were working in New York, did being an Asian woman working in finance really pose any challenges that you had to overcome? Well, I didn't really see myself particularly in that light. My first mentor on the buy side was a female fund manager who really taught me how to rise up to the challenges in a male-dominated world. On the buy side, I can working as a fund manager also helps as performance is the ultimate name of the game. And it's, I think it's a, a lot less tricky than sell-side investment banking, which is more relationship-driven. So I think, you know, the fact that I'm, have been working on the buy side all this time, you know, also helps me put things in perspective. And yeah. I, I think if it, if you work on the sell side, you know, in the investment banking world, you know, things might have been different. Thank you. That's a very interesting insight. My next question is sort of related. Has there any been, 
has there ever been a point in your career where you've been a one of the few or the only woman in the room and did that make you feel intimidated and how did you deal with that oh yeah i remember when i was on a company visit uh trip a group company visit trip with a japanese robotics company where I was the only woman in the room filled with analysts, PMs, and corporate executives. I think Japan at the time, you know, was very much a male-dominated corporate corporate world. And at first I felt uh, a bit intimidated because I felt uh, like, you know, I felt like immediately singled out, but quickly I pulled myself together and tried not to think of my gender and focus on my work. I think it's just, you know, down to, you know, how you uh, react. I think people will look at you in different ways. I think it's down to yourself, you know, how you react to uh, people's emotions. Thank you. I think that advice can be applied to many different facets of life. And I understand that finance is a very demanding profession. So my next question is about how work-life balance differs for a man in comparison to a woman in the industry since oftentimes women are expected to be you know the caregivers oh yes i i think you know my advice is if you decide to stay in the industry long term you should try to find a partner that supports your work i think i have friends who have very very supportive spouses which have made things a lot easier I think it definitely, you know, a society has uh, different expectations about women, which is normal and understandable. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, if you if you like to stay and work in the finance long term, it's 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 a it's a demanding profession. So I think a supportive uh, partner would be would be ideal. Thank you. And did you have a mentor in the industry who helped you? Uh, yes. As I mentioned, you know, when I first started out fund manager, I think, you know, she taught me a lot of things, uh, you know, as to how to deal with colleagues in the industry and also, you know, how to rise up to the challenges. She is one of the few, you know, female fund managers at the time. I think she was, she also, you know, was a role model for me. Thank you. And since finance is such a competitive space, how did you get the recognition you deserved in such a field? I think the buy side is more of if you accumulate enough experience, you know, your parents will be more recognized. It's not like MS banking is skill driven and project driven, which basically you need to start, you know, from scratch, you know, after you finish uh, your project and you need to constantly look for another project. In the asset management industry, it's the I think it's the persistence and focus and the lifelong learning that matter the most. Fund management is a marathon game, and you need to constantly on the trail running. And you know, if you haven't you know done a good job last year, just forget about it, and everything will get restarted. You know, in the in the new year on January the first. So it's more a long long term game, like a long running, you know, like a marathon rather than a short haul, you know, run. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more like a marathon. So I think persistence, focus, and lifelong learning matter the most. And, and that's how you get the recognition you deserve in a field. Thank you. And my final question is, if you could do it all over again, what, if anything, would you do differently? 
Good question. Probably no, <laughs> Kieran. I, 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 I know it's hard for me to, you know, for anyone to say that, but I think I have taken the right steps uh, to get myself, you know, to where I am today. I think I have had the best experience in, in the three countries that I have lived in Japan, US, and mainland China, Hong Kong. Uh, I wouldn't trade anything for that experience because I think I was at the right location at the right time. Because in Japan, it was also at the peak of the market. And then I left in the US, it was uh, you know, before, uh, after the bubble burst. And then I left for China, you know, where I had the best of the 10 years uh, of the fund management industry development. And right now, I'm in Hong Kong. I think Hong Kong is at the crossroads of East and West. And, you know, with all the challenges, you know, it's still a flourishing financial center in Asia which allows us to expand our businesses, both, you know, onshore and offshore. So I, I think I wouldn't trade anything for that experience. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jenny. I really appreciate it. I'm Thank you. Thank you, Kieran.